0: Lately, I've had more time on my hands, so I decided to begin the unending affair of revisiting some of my old movie favorites. Ones I have not seen for at least five years, and I didn't expect them to affect me after all of these years, but they did. And they are just as good as they were before. Maybe even more so having seen them again, and these movies certainly age a lot better than I have. The specific film that i like to share has reminded me that humans are the most wonderful, complex, and appealing beings on Earth. We could also be the worst, but that conversation would keep us here for much too long, so let's move on. One could probably also say that there are more rare species out there that are much more interesting and appealing than humans, but we still remain the most compelling. The evidence of that lies in the movie, lost in translation, directed by Sofia Coppola and released in 2003. The film follows two individuals, an actor named Bob Harris, played by the Winsome Murray, and a young woman named Charlotte, played by Scarlett Johansson. The pair meet in Japan and strike up an immediate and odd friendship, seeing that they're both foreigners in this land. Bob and Charlotte seem completely lost in their lives and both are just searching, but do they find something? Maybe not what they expected, or what they need, but they certainly find something. They find the same hopeless hopelessness residing in another, more of a hopeful hopelessness. What's more beautiful about this film is the contrast of ages between Bob and Charlotte. She's significantly younger than he is. And with youth, you expect some naivety. And with all the ages, you expect senility and wisdom. But this isn't exactly the case. They are both just floating by, hoping for the best. One's already seen enough of life, and the other's hoping for something to take hold of her, hoping that there's more to life than a nomadic existence. And even though the peaceful slowness of the Nanzenji temple and the blooming cherry blossoms of Japan in her, she longs for some excitement and is due some attention. Enter Bob, the glum older male version of herself, Bob's apathy to life is absolutely infectious. He's a man defeated, no hope, no eagerness, and extremely disenchanted. And he's strangely okay with this. He longs for the nomadic existence and prefers it over the fame as an actor. Their bond, in my opinion, only succeeds because it happens on foreign soil. Back in their home country, in a more familiar setting, they'd probably just walk by each other, with the instinctive head nod, and they'd be none the wiser with each other's existence. But their spontaneous meeting becomes an introduction to to a closeness. And Charlotte in no way plays as a mattress to a man going through a midlife crisis. She becomes a companion who enables him to see that there's still more more fun to be had, regardless of age. At 60, you can still go dancing, you can still sing karaoke, and you can still get into trouble and maybe even the trouble part never actually ends. And Bob offers her no real form of senior advice, no form of advice they could benefit her. He more or less just tells her what could be expected in more years of life and marriage, and he in no way makes himself to be wise or aware of the lessons that wife acquires through many years of service. Instead, he empathetically reveals his life's events and significant moments, and Charlotte neither expects wisdom from him. The pair simply just accept each other. I'd seen this film a few years before I found myself in a foreign country, and I suppose it prepared me to deal with an unexpected and sudden ending of my own. We met on the Avenida Corrientes in Buenos Aires, Argentina. She was a serene and delicate girl, the kind they don't tell you about, the kind you are never prepared for, but it takes off anyway. Neither of us were from there. She came from one side of the globe and I came from the other. Still spontaneously we met. I didn't think of Bob and Charlotte or the movie at all at that time because how at all can a movie resemble your own experience? That's just impractical. Anyway, we walked into each other just a day before my flight home and she greeted me saying hola. I replied the same and added a como estas? That's about as far as our Spanish took us. And of course, she didn't speak a word of English, and I didn't speak a word of her tongue either. Yet we managed to spend an entire night together, roaming the busy streets and the nightlife of the city. We'd have the most profound and humorous conversations. Somehow we understood what the other one meant. And when explanations proved too difficult, we'd hop from bar to bar, making use of the Wi-Fi for Google Translate. The translations were often lost and not accurate, but we managed. We just relied on our sentient selves, engaging in smile and gesticulation. The obvious disadvantage of language didn't prove much. In fact, without words, it became true. And then we taught each other words and phrases and used them in and out of context. And just as Bob and Charlotte attained the closeness, so did we. And that night, we spent an entire lifetime together and done it all. There's a scene in the movie where Bob says to Charlotte, let's never come back here again because it will never be as much fun. And I have the same reservations about going back. It just wouldn't be the same. I could imagine Roxy Music's More Than This being the song that played for our time together. Yes, the song's in the movie, but it's just as fitting. After our time together, we dreaded the walk back to her hotel. We knew the fantasy was soon to end. My flight was due just three hours later that morning, and our end would come inconveniently. We walked slowly and stopped at every corner just to prolong my departure. And in the final scene of the movie, Bob hugs Charlotte and whispers something in her ear and kisses her. You don't hear what he says, but you can tell her something profound. And even turning up the volume doesn't help. Whatever he says was meant for her and no one else not even meant for you or me as the audience. And when we got back to her hotel, I held it tightly and said an extremely difficult goodbye. As my taxi pulled up, she grabbed me close and whispered something in my ear. What was it that Bob whispered to Charlotte? What was it that she whispered to me? I tried for years to figure it out. Maybe it was something like, I'll miss you, or don't go, or find me in the future, or always, I always remember this place because of you. Were those the words he and she whispered while, just like Honey by the Jesus and Mary train played in the background? I suppose it doesn't really matter now. It was too long ago, because things only ever really work in the fantasy. We only ever exist in the fantasy. In the real world, there are too many things that would forbid and refuse it. Morrissey of the Smith said it best, it was probably nothing, but it felt like the world. Anyway, I'm tired, so I'll stop for now. Thank you for listening to Lenny's Portraits, where I talk the anythings of interest and the many things of life. And be sure to put Lost in Translation on the top of your watch list today. Till next time.